Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. And we're off. The month of shows that we laughably refer to as Fashion Week is underway. First up is New York, then London, then Milan, then Paris, after which we get our weekends back, for a little while at least. I'm Emily Cronin, and this is Fashion Unzipped. Thanks for joining us for, can you believe it, our 10th episode. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. It feels like we've come a long way since reporting on the Fashion Awards in December. The original crew from our launch episode is back in the studio today. With me are Lisa Armstrong and Charlie Gowans-Eglinton, and Bethan Holt joins us on the phone from New York. Hi, Bethan. Hi. The most important question is, have you had time to get the New York manicure of your dreams yet, or is that on today's agenda? Uh, that's on tomorrow afternoon's agenda. Would you believe that's, like, <laughs> the only gap that I'm going to have? So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to do that and go to the Mansell Gabrielle shop and maybe some others as well. But, um, yeah. I believe it. I believe it. It's a really packed schedule, and you've been going to everything. So what have you... What have you noticed? What are the trends, things that people are talking about, takeaways that we can get into our outfits right now? Oh, my gosh. There's a lot. I mean, I think what people have kind of been talking about, which feels like the topic over overhanging everything, is kind of the relevance of New York Fashion Week, which I don't know, maybe that's kind of a bit of a fashion geek topic. But, I mean, there's very few people out there who wouldn't be familiar with the idea of a New York Fashion Week and those great kind of American names showing. Um, And it does feel like it's a kind of a turning point, like Victoria Beckham is going to be returning to London in September. Alexander Wang showed his last um, show on this schedule. Um, Carolina Herrera did her, her final show last night, which was Um, which is very beautiful. Um, But, you know, when you think about what it's going to be like next time, I think there's some definite questions. So everyone's sort of musing on that. Um, In terms of what we're all going to be wearing, I think just, oh my gosh, a lot of colour. The the kind of strong colours are just coming through so much. I think Sunday afternoon was a really strong afternoon. We saw Mansell Gabrielle and then Tibby, um, and then Cif Marjan, which were just three shows, which, gosh, if you're one of those fashion people that only wears navy, they could really have convinced you to kind of test the waters with some other... Bethan, we, we were just looking at bit. the pictures today for the pages tomorrow and tearing our hair out because 
the yellow. I mean, every season they do yellow and it never sells. <laughs> and they wonder why the fashion industry is in trouble. It's full on sulfuric. Here comes the devil. Yellow. Yeah, I think it will work, work if you have very dark skin. Yeah. I think it's great. But um, yeah, it's not, we're not going to be too forgiving on the rest of us. But maybe we do it with an accessory or something. So if I wanted to come to work tomorrow and be fully autumn, winter, 18 to out, I'd wear... It looks like a hot pink dress, a yellow, an egg yolk yellow faux fur coat, and some teeny tiny cat eye sunglasses like Alexander Wang. And don't forget the 90s hair accessories. Yeah, maybe a crocodile clip in the back. Do you guys call it a crocodile clip? That's a Charlieism. I think it's great. I've never heard it before, Charlie. <laughs> it looks just like a crocodile's jaw, yeah. no? Yeah. Oh, no, banana clip, babe. And it also the, look like a what are those things called that are like finger, like the, the stretchy, oh, yes. stretchy David um, Beckham headband? Yes. Yes, they are. <laughs> Concertina sort of accordion bands. Right. What I, I broke so many of those in my hair in middle school and I'm about to do it again. You have season, strong I hair. I broke so many strands of my hair in this. Thing. <laughs> um, but Bethan, it's interesting what you say about, about sort of the relevance of Fashion Week. I mean, I was really interested to read something that you mentioned um, she said in, to, to the New York Times about her final show. She said, what they like now is ugliness. Women dress in a very strange way. And Lisa, we've been discussing the Vetemont effect on fashion lately. Do you think Carolina is in some way a casualty of that? I Well, I don't think she's a casualty because she's 79. So I'm assuming that she's retiring because she's probably feels that she's she's done the marathon quite a few times. But yes, I've been thinking for a long time, and I'm not 79, that Vetement is absolutely killing style and fashion. And I say this as someone who thinks Demna Gavasalia, who is one of the designers at Vetement, is, is brilliant. He's very clever. He's very talented. I never have any issue with a single brand doing something deliberately ugly or deliberately undermining or sardonic, which is all those things that Vetement is, you know, the DHL t-shirts that cost, you know, £185, so on and so on. What I do have issue is every other brand from high to low copying them. It just drives me insane. So now you go to the places that you thought, well, they always did a nice coat or they cut a great pant. No, they've gone all Vetement and it's just... You know, unless you can go and pay Celine prices for clothes. I went in there last night, actually, Celine, and my God, I wanted everything. And I've never felt so poor because it's so expensive. But, you know, there's a lot of hideous stuff out there. And I sort of want to sit down with the designers and say, could you maybe think about designing something that makes us look great? But see, I think that they would say, well, that's not fashion. That's, you know... Well, what is fashion then? Well, here's the thing. I also, I also have a problem with Vetement, but it's slightly different. It's that cool has replaced style. Like I that totally cool agree. is yes. the death of style. So, yeah. as soon as people but get the has message, come to define uh, cool in many, many fashionistas' minds. In many of their minds, and as soon as people get the message that, oh, these patchwork jeans or those cigarette-heeled stilettos are mm. for the season. It's almost like like a dog whistle. Like people know if I wear this, people will know that I'm in on it. Exactly. Doesn't matter how it looks. Yeah. Which I think is is actually, I mean, first of all, very middle school. Yes. And second, an an unkindness to women who know what suits them. Yes. Uh, I think twas ever thus. But at least in the past, you know, when not always, but in the past, um, the thing that every woman felt she had to wear did at least look good on her. 
and I mean, this stuff doesn't look good on anyone, really. Well, unless you're, you know, the six foot tall mm. models. Bethan, what are you friend. feeling about all this? Have you seen any any looks in in New York that you've thought were, were particularly bad or particularly good? Well, I think the Tibby show, if you want something, you know, that you can just wear now and just feel great in, look, that perfect balance between kind of fashion forward, but also like, you know, your kind of your boyfriend or your husband isn't going to kind of raise his eyebrow at you, then absolutely Tibby, I just think, was by far and away the, the thing I wanted to wear the most. Um, really great kind of relaxed suiting, great kind of fluid skirt, midi skirts, really nice layering. Weirdly, I also really liked Philip Lim, and he, he did all these kind of big um, jacquard scarves um, and like layered over parkas. Um, which I think looked great. One of the things that we wondered whether we would see at, at New York Fashion Week was any hint of Me Too or Time's Up on the on the runway. And I, I read something about Prabal Gurung's show uh, mentioning that all the models carried white roses out at the end uh, and that really he kind of said that instead of all black, women should be free to embrace self-expression through color. But that's really all that I've heard. I mean, have you seen anything about Me Too or any kind of activism at the shows? Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I really thought we would see more and there would be a stronger response. Um, but I, I haven't haven't really noticed um, that much, to be honest. And when I, I tried to ask Tori Birch about it, who I thought you know, might have a really interesting point of view as someone who's always kind of championed women's rights. And um, I think she was a little thrown off by the question. Um, when you when you kind of reflect on it, though, maybe fashion doesn't, doesn't have to confront it too much. I mean, maybe it is about just women enjoying fashion. This is our thing. And we don't have to let this, this whole awful thing, which has been exposed, um, blight our, our enjoyment of that. But I have to say, on, on Saturday, I went to the, the 10th anniversary show of Christian Siriano, who um, is the, the designer who, he won Project Runway right back in the day. And over the past few years, he's become really well known for, for being willing to dress women on the red carpet who aren't necessarily kind of the young, hot actress or sample size women. Um, and his show was just, I mean, you get these shows once in a while where, you know, the crowd is just going crazy. There's boots, there's cheers. Ashley Graham opens the show wearing this huge red fake fur coat. Um, Selma Blair, um, the actress who came out speaking about her experiences of sexual harassment with um, director James Toback. She was in the show looking amazing in this kind of printed cat suit. And it, it felt like a real kind of, celebration um which i think was a really nice way to nod to it um and apart from that there's just been lots of really great black red carpet dresses you know for all these kind of times up black dress codes which we're seeing and which is going to be um enforced at the baftas as well on sunday that'll be our, our whole big sunday night plan right there beth and you also i understand secured a private audience with victoria beckham so before we hear your interview, what were your impressions of the show and what kind of mood was the designer in afterwards? Um, it was a really beautiful show. She's kind of approaching, celebrating the 10th anniversary of her label. 
but she was really emotional as well actually so she came out after the show and David and Cruz and Harper and Romeo were, were sitting um, right by where she did her bow and she had tears tears in her eyes and she gave them all a hug and a kiss and I mean she's such a polished professional but that it did seem like a really heartfelt moment. You know, when I started work on this collection, um, I decided that I wanted to show this in a different format. You know, the shows that I've done in the past have been really big, you know, 500 people. But for me this season, it was a lot about detail, um, the fabrics and construction. And I wanted people to really um, see the collection up close so those details could be appreciated. And um, so I decided to, to do a much smaller, well, two smaller presentations um, which is great, you know. I, I I love I love the collection. It's been a full on week, but I'm very proud of what we've done. You know, I think the girls look great. The casting was really really strong this season. You know, it was really about celebrating, you know, all the different characters and how individual the girls look. You know, when I started ten years ago, it was about celebrating the female form. That message still applies. I'm a female designer designing for for women. Um, and that's not through just dresses now. That's that's about you know that's about the uh, about the whole of a woman's wardrobe. I think the other great thing about showing it in this space is you could see all of the clothes from every angle, which is great. You know things that look quite simple from the front. You know when you see the girls, the back beautiful back details. You know and those kind of things can sometimes get lost in a big show. And I found it really interesting what you were saying about the need to silhouettes and kind of really slimming it down. How did you decide that that was what you wanted to do? You know, it just felt right, to be honest. It just, it really felt right. You know, last winter was lots of, you know, more masculine coats. Um, and so I think, you know, I like to challenge myself. You know, I'm really excited about the print this season. My favourite being the fur print. You know, I don't wear fur. Um, and it was great to create a fur print. You know, that's my take on a fake fur. It's a print. So I'm really excited to wear that and how, you know, clashing the prints, which is a little bit strange, actually looks really cool, you know, and I can't wait to wear that. Um, also absolutely loved the leopard print coat as well tell us about that do you know it's funny women just can't help themselves when it comes to leopard um, actually where that coat came from we found um, we found a fabric um, in a really old mill in Venice and it was a really um, it was uh, like it, it was um, an upholstery fabric but I loved it but it was too heavy to actually you know create a coat so we just we just worked on that and created it's actually um, a chenille jacquard, so it's actually really wearable and I, I love it. I've never really worn leopard print. It's funny because when the collection was in the studio, all of the girls, not even the design team, but all of the girls in the studio were just like hovering around the leopard. It's like us women just can't help ourselves, whether it's glitter or leopard, we just can't get enough of it. And it's it's new for me. I have never done that before. Yeah, you've definitely made me see Leopard in a new way that I hadn't expected. Well, that's good. Thank you. That's good. Um, also love the kitten heels. They looked very chic. Do you know what? I, again, you know, that's something that I, you know, I have genuinely never worn a kitten heel before. You know, I do either a high heel, I've done platforms, I do trainers, you know, virtually every day. But I've never done a kitten heel and I do like to try different things. And I think the shoes are so important because they can change you know they can change the outfits so much change the silhouette so much so i'm excited about that kitten heel have you got a favorite look from the collection anything you're going to be wearing straight away 
oh goodness I mean I love the suiting the suiting that gabardine suit I think is really really sharp so definitely the suit the prints I'm really excited about wearing too I mean there genuinely is so much in there that I want and that I believe my customer wants the leather dress is great the cashmere is fantastic. Actually, a funny story about the cashmere, those sort of oversized hoodies in the, in, in the boiled cashmere. Brooklyn came to see me the other day, and I had one hanging up in my, in my room. And he was like, God, Mum, I love that jumper. And he put it on, and he was like, can I have this? Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so an 18-year-old boy, that's a new customer, um, we, you know, which, uh, which is good, which is good. And do the kids and David, do they give you a lot of feedback on the clothes? Are they your harshest critic? I mean, Harper will absolutely tell me what her favourite is. You know, they're so supportive of everything that I do. And actually, normally when I come out at the end of the show, it's a big show. And so I'm not really very close to, um, to the audience, if you like. But because I had to walk through this room, I found myself standing there. And I'm always so nervous about this. And I saw David and the kids. I just got really emotional. And so I just couldn't help myself go and give them a big, a big hug. And, you know, I'm sure that I showed my bottom to the cameras. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel about that when I, when I see the pictures. But, you know, it's, it's always quite um, a long week, the lead up to the show. And, you know, lots of, lots of late nights, you're constantly questioning yourself about the collection, about the hair, about the makeup, about the music, about the venue, about the girls. And I'm very, very hands-on. And so by the time it gets to Sunday morning when I do my show, um, I'm a little emotional, put it that way. We have not slept a lot. And it was, it was great to see them. They're so supportive. And if David wasn't such an incredible husband, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. You know, we, we really um, we support each other. And it's great to have them here with me. And you got the world so excited last week when you posted those pictures of you yeah. with, with the Spice Girls. Um, what what is girl power going to look like in 2018 what can we expect do you know i i you know i don't know i'm very close to all the girls you know we've been through so much and they really are incredible women and it was so great to spend the day with them and have a really lovely lunch you know we're still very close and it was just great to get together with simon fuller as well and say you know what does girl power look like in the future exactly what you just said you know um never has there been a time when it's been so so relevant and uh, there's a strong message in the spice girls and girl power is that going on tour you know i i said it yesterday no for me it's not um but there is still so much that the spice girls and the message can do you know it's very positive at a time when the world needs a lot of you know we need to have fun and we need to be positive and we need to be strong the other thing that you're, that you're doing later this year you're launching your collaboration with Reebok mm-hmm. um, are you the kind of woman would you spend the whole day in leggings ever <laughs> do you know I have to be honest a lot of the time I do because I work out a lot I work out you know two hours every day most days and so quite often yeah I do because you know I will normally work out in the morning and then take the kids to school and then come home work out a little bit more before I shower and then go to work so um, if I'm in and out of the gym possibly yes but actually in this collection there were lots of leggings as well that's nothing to do with Reebok that was What do you look for in, in great sportswear? What, what do you think you need to get right as someone who works out so much? I think it depends whether you're wearing it for, um, to actually work out. And if you are buying sportswear to work out, I think it's got to be technical. It's got to be the right fabric. It's got to do everything that you need it to do. Um, it's got to function. But then, you know, I also think it's great to wear sportswear in a, you know, 
just because it's comfy and in a more fashion way as well. So if that is the case and I just want great fabrics um, and I want to feel comfortable. Um, and when you're kind of rushing around, working all day, doing everything that you do, is there kind of one beauty product that you always need to put on before you leave the house or something you always make sure is on your, on your carry-on? Oh, my goodness. What do I always use? Um, goodness, what do I always use? That's, a re- that's really good. Probably a moisturiser. You know, because your skin can get really super dry when, you are, um, when you're traveling around. And I'm actually developing my own skincare at the moment. And as with the fashion, you know, I, I, I wear everything myself, you know, with, with the makeup and the skincare as well. So I've got some great moisturizers and it's very important to, you know, keep your skin, you know, moisturized when you are flying around. And if you're doing a five minute face, getting ready to go out for the evening or in the morning, what are the priorities? What do you want to get right? Um, I'm all about eyebrows and actually Anastasia is a very dear friend of mine Anastasia and she does the most incredible eyebrow products so definitely a brow um, my own lip liner um, and a good mascara so we came to see your your pre-autumn collection a few weeks ago and we noticed this amazing detail of the the crystal pockets in the trousers how have you kind of fallen in love with crystals what do they do for you i have one in my hand right now you know what when i lived in la i just got super into crystals and positive energy and the energy that you can get from from the crystals and i just thought well wouldn't it be cool to actually incorporate that in some way into the collection so actually in some of the clothes i've actually sewn in little crystals and we did really cute little um little bags that you can carry your crystals in as well you know i'm very girly you know i love a bit of sparkle i love crystals i love a little bit of you know i'm a bit of a magpie i've always said that and i just think the energy that you get from crystals is super positive and something that I'm really attracted to. You can read all of our lessons from New York Fashion Week in today's paper and online at telegraph.co.uk slash fashion. And remember, we gather all the stories from every episode in an online news story. So do visit the site if you want to find out more about anything we've discussed. And email us. We're on unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. Of course, next up is London Fashion Week. The shows start with Richard Malone at 9 a.m. on Friday which means we're just days away from absorbing designers' new visions for the next season. Naturally, we are worrying about our outfits. Charlie, how do you get ready for the shows? Well, I must say I'm normally getting straight off a plane from New York and seeing how much stuff I can fit into the washing machine, so I'm quite excited to be actually able to plan some outfits this season. And I think it is about rigid planning, because actually when you wake up in the morning, you're already thinking about what reviews you've got to file, what you've got to cover on social media. You don't want to be thinking about what shoes go. I was so glad when Charlie said this this morning. It's it's amazing. I mean, I've been doing this for years and years and we've never really discussed the planning. In fact, we all pretend, I think, that we don't plan. Oh, I just chucked this <laughs> on. Um, and of course, you have to plan. Otherwise, it just doesn't you are in such a tearing hurry in the mornings and you've usually got some copy to file as well before you get out the door. And when you're packing, it's essential that you play. You've got to think in outfits, otherwise you get there and you think, oh, God damn it, I would have looked fabulous if I'd only had the right shoes that are sitting by my bed back home in London. So, um, yeah, all about planning. Planning, I think we need to embrace it. The concept of planning is fine. <laughs> I, I try to console myself a little that what I personally wear doesn't matter because I'm I'm a writer, I'm an observer, I'm not a stylist, but... But then there is this creeping insecurity of who's looking and 
do I want to look like I don't fit in? You know, it's not something that I that I like to admit to, but it is it is quite a, an insecure It's It's interesting, isn't time. it? Because over the years, different writers develop a different persona. So you've got the writers who do the, well, I only ever wear black jeans or I always wear a navy suit type of thing. And then you've got the ones who fully embrace every single trend. And then you've got the flip-floppers who sort of alternate between feeling, I really shouldn't be slavish to this whole thing, but hell, I feel so insecure. I'm going to have to go out and buy a whole new outfit or three. I do think it's strange as well when you see fashion writers who don't look like they enjoy fashion. Mm. You know, when someone's just wearing the same black jeans all the time or the same navy cashmere jumper, it might look very chic and understated, but if you don't love fashion, then why are you a fashion writer? Yes. You say that, but Bill Cunningham, Alaya, you know, Giorgio Armani, these are all people who have uniforms. Lisa, you have a uniform, effectively. But Alaya and, and Armani are creating. So they argue, and, and many designers do this too, is that they prefer to just wear navy or black every day because it's, it's not, it doesn't distract them. And I, I do totally understand that. But I think Charlie's right. I think if you love fashion... But having said that, you know, Grace Coddington loves fashion. And in her day, Grace, I think, this was before my time, but Grace would, you know, do an amazing look each season that changed. But then at a certain point, she found her black helmet lang pantsuit. And she's stuck with that, not helmet lang necessarily anymore. But, you know, that that is her thing. I think it, it probably saves an awful lot of brain power. I think there are writers and writers, though, aren't there? They're the ones who are only critique... Um, and then there are the ones like us who critique, but we also have to do, you know, 10 ways with a white shirt or how do you make lemon work this this season? And so it's kind of we do need to try out some of those. Even trends. our ideas meetings, what we're constantly talking about is what does everybody want at the moment? What did you buy at the weekend? How does everybody feel about this trend? We have to consume to an extent to be able to guess what our readers are going to That's want. That's what I say, you know, every month in the Critic Arts <laughs> no, This does remind me of a, a story that I think Kathy Horan wrote years ago when she'd lost a quantity of weight. She said that it was a, a very different thing to go from observing and critiquing the clothes to actually being able to inhabit them and, and feel them. And that's something that we kind of take for granted, that, that we do get to do. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think what I've come down to is it does take planning. I have, I'll fully admit I took Thursday off so I can get a facial, get my nails done, lay out some outfits on my bed. Um, and I think it's about making sure that there's at least one item that I feel really great about in every outfit. For me, this season, it's probably going to be a new Wandler handbag. But also, you've got to care a little bit less, right? Like, People are mainly worried about themselves. They're not looking oh, at you. I treat Fashion Week they as a... They are looking at you. I treat they Fashion Week as a, as a job interview of sorts. I mean, I have no plans to leave the Telegraph. I'm very happy where I am, thank you. But, you know, you're surrounded by your peers. These are the people you're going to be applying for jobs with in the future. The, this is your whole industry, in a nutshell, all gathered in one room for a month, looking at each other and thinking, oh, she's got a great eye, or... Oh, you know, actually, I really enjoyed her writing. And or a good thing she's a good writer, because those or, shoes are... <laughs> what a naff pair of trainers. And, oh. and you don't want to be that person either. So, uh, sadly, I do think it's... I do and, think I, it's and I do think, Emily, people are looking. I mean, I was always brought up, you know, no one's looking at you, Lisa, okay, as a child. I mean, that was that was <laughs> the British thing. No one is looking at you. At the shows, they, they are looking. They're looking. And so, if you happen to be in that purview... They are seeing you. And when you sit on the front row, 
people see because they wait for ages for a show to start. And what is there to do but look? It is it is the best loved pastime of Fashion Week is people <laughs> watching. There are a bunch of highlights in London that we want to flag up now, and of course we're going to cover all of these in some detail in next week's episode. Lisa, you're going to Buckingham Palace, is that right? I am going to Buckingham Palace, and if you want a wardrobe crisis, I give you Buckingham Palace event hosted by the Duchess of Cambridge and um, the Countess of Wessex. Because actually, um, first of all, you think, oh my gosh, have I ever criticised either of those women? And, you know, may God smite me down now. It's quite tricky to strike the right note between fashion and um, and Buckingham Palace. I mean, normally, I to be honest, I'd be quite comfortable at any fashion event because I know the form. I know what it's going to be like. And I know where I come in that whole um, spectrum of crazy fashion statement to really classic. But Buckingham Palace... Mm, tricky. This is, of course, a reception to cement Britain's relationship with the Commonwealth. Um, and it's the Duchess of Cambridge and the Countess of Wessex teaming up on behalf of the Queen to host a big fashion bash. Well, can't wait to see pictures and hear the goss from that. And just to think, Charlie, I was looking forward to the BrownsFashion.com party at Five Guys on Tottenham Court Road. High and low. It's a, it's a different dress code, but yes. a dress code all the same. Greaseproof. <laughs> Another highlight of the week is going to be Christopher Bailey's final show for Burberry, which he has dedicated to LGBTQ plus causes and promised to introduce a new rainbow check. It's really it's going to be quite significant, I think, to see how he says farewell to London Fashion Week. And we don't know, he might come back someday, but it's the end of an era at Burberry and and it'll be something to mark. I think also Christopher Bailey, Burberry has been such an important part of London's Fashion Week schedule, um, and he has been so responsible for bringing so many trends about, and you know, reclaiming that heritage print after it had gone into severely naff territory. Um, so it's it is the end of an era. It's interesting to see what will happen to Burberry next. I mean, depends on if Phoebe Philo's at the wheel or Kim Jones. Let us pray. What was your favourite show from New York? What are you most interested in about London Fashion Week? Please email questions, either fashion questions for us or anything that you want us to ask the designers we're going to see at the shows to unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. We will do our best to answer. And if you haven't already done this, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more people find Fashion Unzipped. Fashion Week has taken over the podcast, but we can't leave without a very quick look at some of the week's other fashion news. In Washington, D.C., President Barack Obama and Michelle Obama unveiled their official portraits at the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery. Artists Kahim DeWiley and Amy Sherald painted the former POTUS and FLOTUS, and Michelle continued her record of supporting American fashion by sitting for her portrait in a gown by Millie designer Michelle Smith. And in Japan, a state primary school has introduced uniforms designed by Giorgio Armani as an option for its students. The uniforms, which include a stylish-sounding navy blue jacket, a long sleeve shirt, matching trousers or skirt, and a hat, will cost around 80,000 yen, so that's about 535 quid. One member of Japanese parliament pushed back, saying, school uniforms are already more expensive than the business suits we wear, but these uniforms are especially questionable. We've almost come to the end of the podcast, and we've avoided talking about Valentine's Day the whole time without even trying. This may be me projecting, but I think, Charlie, you are pretty down on Valentine's Day. Is that right? 
Um, I mean, I'm currently single, but I've never celebrated Valentine's Day, whether single or not. Um, much more excited about Pancakes Day, actually, this week. <laughs> oh, I mean, who wouldn't be excited about <laughs> Pancake Day? How about you, Emily? How do you plan on spending yours? At home, in my pyjamas, and then maybe buying special Valentine's Day chocolate at 50% off the next day. See, so add pancakes to that, and you've got my evening. Just add pancakes. It's a great <laughs> idea. Well, that's our show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Do come back next week for our London Fashion Week edition of Fashion Unzipped. <laughs>